Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got 10 games on Friday night here to end the work week in the NBA for you guys. In this one, we're taking a look at a pretty fun matchup, I would say, Denver and the number two seed in the West, Memphis Grizzlies in Denver, looking for some revenge for the Nuggets. There they are. Uh, Go ahead and make sure to like and subscribe to this page. We've also got another game video up for you tonight and our player props that we're bringing you each and every weekday this season. Also want you to head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great content we have up there about the NBA and more uh, as we're moving along here, getting towards the tail end of this season. Also have our odds finder tool up there for you guys. Make sure you're getting the best odds available to you. Uh, We've got a really nice chart that displays it right there for you guys. Make sure you can find the best juice coming back on your bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into this 10 game slate and then talk about our game nuggets and Grizz. Yeah, and we are recording this on Thursday night due to a little work conflict. So two lines not up yet with the Clippers and Warriors playing. We got Magic minus three at Hornets, Nets plus 11 at Celtics. We got Blazers plus seven at the Hawks. Thunder are plus two at home without SGA against the Yaz. The Suns minus six at Bulls. That's the other game we break down. Totals only 222. Knicks have gone from plus one to minus two at the Heat. Pelicans will be at the Warriors waiting on the line there. Clippers at the Kings also waiting on that line. And then the Wolves are minus two at the Lakers. AD should be back after missing a game there. Grizz plus six or plus five and a half at Denver. And yeah, like you said, it is a quick revenge spot for Denver after getting handled in Memphis. Uh, I mean, Memphis's road record is so stark right now that I almost feel like (laughs) it's just a trap to assume it's going to continue. But unlike yeah. how I usually preach, which is saying like, oh, okay, you need to tease this one. Uh, I'm not sure if Denver can cover six. If they win, they're going to win handily. Like Memphis is a total front-running team. They just beat up on the LeBronless Lakers, uh, and then they tend to fall back. And if it's not going their way early, they do give up. They, but they're 0-9 straight up as road dogs, and the margin of victory is negative 15.5 points per game. Um, look, they have won four of their last five against Denver when Ja is active, but it's not like that's just about Ja. I mean, we saw last season how they were just a much more well-rounded deep team that they kept winning without him. Um, he's only a plus seven over those five matchups and he's minus 19 in the two matchups at Denver. And really the big thing here is, is the home road splits for both teams. I mean, there's just, huge across the board. Denver's the best offense in the league when they're at home. Also one of the best defenses. Uh, Number two opponents, three-point shooting. Number 10 in transition D, which is key here. In their last three overall, they're allowing the second fewest free throws. And then Memphis, where do they struggle? I mean, they struggle with assisted field goals everywhere. They're dead last in that department on the road. Also fifth worst uh, three-point defense. Eighth worst in terms of free throw attempts allowed. So, uh, I mean, wow. the Joker, I think, is going to have a very nice game here with no Steven Adams. We've been trying to pick on Memphis for a while in terms of them just not being as good on, on either end without Adams. Uh, I think maybe, you know, surprisingly, it's their offense that dips more than their defense without him. And maybe that is reason to, to be bold with an under here. But Denver's pretty much clockwork getting 120 at home. So you're almost then assuming 
Memphis is going to get shut down. And the way the recent meetings between these teams, like and Memphis's tendency to just get blown out or do the blowing out, uh, makes makes you just think, yeah, let's take Denver minus five and a half, six, whatever it is, and uh, and just hope that 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 kind of flip flops nature continues. The one thing that gives me pause is the way you built this up is this is the number two seed against the number one seed. The season's <laughs> almost over. I don't know if Memphis can actually catch up. Um, Aaron Gordon's questionable. If if he does not play, I would be I would actually be quite nervous because they need his defense against this particular team. But <clears throat> uh, assuming everybody's a go, I think Denver does handle business. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cho- choking back laughter as you were talking about whether or not Memphis blows someone out or gets blown out. Um, but yeah, either way, it, 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 I think the fact the last thing you said too about the standings there. You know, if, if Memphis is is five and a half back right now in, in those standings, and if if they're down um, and and they continue to have that sort of uh, well, let's just give up, and why would we continue to come back and fight and claw kind of mentality? Then it would only be exacerbated by the fact that they'd probably be really disappointed that they knew that this was a game they had to win to have a shot at really, you know, it, it, the two points that you, it's a two point swing either way. So that you know, they know they got to win it um, in terms of in the standings, right? In terms of two games back uh, either way. But um, I, 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 I think part of it is because they, the way that they have to play to win and to, and to beat you takes so much energy. They, they, they have so many energy points. There's there's no, uh, there's no assisted field goals to the point that you made a minute ago, which is a huge problem. The only type of assist, assisted field goal they ever find is Josh slashing through the lane and then kicking out to guys standing around the three-point line, a la the Dallas Mavericks offense, which, as we know, works really great sometimes when you have a guy like Ja or, or Luca that can get into the paint. Also just doesn't work all of the time because the variance is too high. And, and if guys just decide to, to play off the guy who's driving um, and, and, and get out on the shooters, then they're going to be fine. Like we said, Denver, really good at defending the three. Memphis, not really good at defending the, or at shooting the three at all, as they haven't been forever, basically since the Tony Allen days of the, those grit and grind Grizzlies. Uh, they still haven't had three-point shooting ever since then. And, and Desmond Bain, um, you know, as important as he is, is, is not really a playmaker. Uh, which ought too often makes him a spot up shooter and is another reason that they, you know, it, it sort of neutralizes his ability um, when he's not getting into the lane himself. So, and that's been the case for him for a bit struggling over the last like three, four weeks or so. But I think that the key for this game is Denver at home and just, bet on them and, and bet on the fact that they're going to build a lead. And if they do, like we said, then Memphis gives up. Uh, I'm very excited to tell you the stat that I was looking at. Cause I just kept typing in what are Denver's stats at home with Jokic over the last 10 games. It was like, Oh shit, they're 10 and Oh, and they score 128 points a game in that time frame. I was like, Oh, let's keep going. 15 games. They're 15 and Oh, what about 20 games? They're 20 and Oh, I had to get to 21 games before they had, they had lost really their 22 games. They're 21 and Oh, in their last home, uh, home games with Joker, all of those this season, um, where, you know, it's just insane. And actually in their last 30 dating back to last season, they're 28 and two in those 30 games at home when Nikola Jokic plays. Um, and it's, it's all the, all the things that they're best at in those, in the, all those games. And in that time frame is what Joker does. Number one in assists. They have the highest field goal percentage unshockingly uh 13 three-pointers made on a really high percentage at 40 uh 99 and a half pace basically the same pace so like everything is just joker being in control of the ball uh being a a maestro there on the strings of of everything that's happening uh and so i think that's going to continue to be the case without steven adams interestingly i just want to throw this out there because i also think it's hyper
hyper relevant that the Nuggets are at home here because when they have won three of four at home, what you said about Ja is true. When they, when Ja's played in the last five games that, uh, that he's played in, they've won four of them. Three of uh, those were at home. Yeah. Uh, for for the Grizz, right? And so that that's a huge part of it. He just happened to miss a couple road games against the Nuggets. Um, so that's that's the correlation that I make there. And then the the other thing about this being at home. Uh, is just that's that's where uh J- you know Joker has played well against the Grizzlies. He's played horribly actually against them on the road for him. Uh, a couple games with 15 points or less actually in Memphis of late. Uh, so that's where the, the you know so, some of the numbers and actually when Stephen Adams isn't in, he's also not been that great. But once again, those numbers correlate with when they play in Memphis. Stephen Adams missed a couple games in Memphis at home versus these Nuggets, and that's why you know Joker once again he had a game with 28 minutes that he played because it was like they were down by you know double digits in the fourth, et cetera, et cetera. So all the things that might be contrasting to my belief that the Nuggets are going to win this game by at least five points, uh, I can give you really solid counter arguments for. So I'm just going to continue to believe in them tonight or tomorrow night, rather. Yeah, I mean, what you said about Ja, again, it's it's really been the problem all year. It's kind of like empty calories. Like he had 38 points in December against Denver and they lose. And you see those kind of stat lines all the time uh, from him because it's just – there's not the same depth. There's not the same secondary playmaking. Like you're saying, Desmond Bain is capable. I don't want I don't want to hear you slander him and say he's not a playmaker. No, I won't. I it's won't. just that the offense is not really flowing <laughs> through multiple sources. Yeah, it's just kind of it, that that high energy uh situation for Ja. Uh I mean, that's absolutely stunning that they've won twenty one in a row with the Joker. It makes me want to just say, put that money line in with whatever else you're looking at on this ten game slate. Uh, if you are a little bit concerned about Memphis fighting down to the wire, um, but if Memphis does fight down the wire, we're probably going over because again, one twenty set one twenty eight points per game in their last ten at home are the Nuggets, so they're almost getting you over by themselves here. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, Stephen Adams has not been stopping Joker when he's active. I mean, maybe Xavier Tillman does a better job. But it's it's it doesn't really matter who you throw at the Joker if he's yeah. if he's at home, um, he's going to be scoring. And Jamal Murray, who we don't we don't really matter, is he's 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 fully back. Like he hasn't played in some of these home yeah. games, but when he's out there, they're just really tough to defend. Um, I mean, he's just he looks almost like bubble Jamal Murray again, and uh, that makes this team really scary. We are talking about the Kevin Durant Suns here. And I think it's a perfect opportunity to just buy low on offense in this game. I mean, both of these teams have been under machines. The Suns go under in in this situation all the time. Uh, 18 and 8 against the Eastern Conference. They've gone under in 7 of their last 10. And the Bulls have gone under in 15 of their last 19. And as Josh has pointed out in some other videos, suddenly the best defensive rating in the league out of the all-star break after uh, with some fresh legs here, number one in fast break points allowed number one paint points allowed um, second in net rating playing at a slow pace, which is the scary part here, like 95 pace, but the Suns in their first game with KD played at a hundred pace, which is something, you know, they hadn't gotten above 98 in eight of their nine previous ones. And, uh, I mean, yes, you have a 91 defensive rating against the lamello Hornets. That's great, but the Bulls have a little bit more firepower than that. I mean, they've got guys that I don't think have really, in terms of DeRozan, I don't think has really been unleashed. We talked about 
the numbers he puts up on extra rest, but they haven't really needed him because they've been shutting down some some bad offenses, I, I think you can say. The Nets, Wizards, and, and Magic, their last three home games have just like held them all below 100. You look at their previous home games against the Bucks and Blazers, though, offenses that actually do scare you, and they have defensive rating around 123. It is a bit of smoke and mirrors saying the Bulls are suddenly a top-tier defense. Um, and, and, I mean, even if you are, you're now talking about uh, Kevin Paul Booker, the uh, unstoppable machine that looked like they've already been playing together for years. They They had a little bit of an extra rest baked in before that debut where I think they definitely worked on some things, talked about some things in terms of defining the roles. Booker still the man with a 40% usage rate KD ultra efficient, 23 points on 15 shots. And then CP three, not even looking to shoot Um, 11 dimes, 15% usage rate. Uh, It's going to be a pretty easy transition. uh, As everybody's saying, KD is the most adaptable superstar and he's just going to step right in and, uh, the Bulls have had no answers for him when he was with the Nets. Averaged 34 points per game with a 134 rating. The Suns have won six straight over Chicago, scoring 127. Uh, you know, with with the, the the pace being below 100 in all those games. Although the last time they faced each other, the pace was 101.7. Both Booker and Demar Derozan had 38 points, and the game totaled 245. So. We don't need it to go crazy. We just need it to be relatively high scoring, a normal NBA game in today's world. Right. And I think with Kevin Durant on on the side that, you know, probably going to be closer to 30 minutes here in his second in his second game back. Uh, I just trust there to be enough points flowing. And I'm just a little I, I think the Bulls are going to find a way to hang around, whether it's it's high scoring or not. And that's why I'm a little reluctant to just say Suns minus six on the road. This is a Bulls team that's very frustrating to try to bet against or short. I mean, they they beat the Celtics twice early in the season. They they will just step up uh, when when you try to count them out. And I think they'll be going blow for blow here with Durant, which definitely means points. Yeah, I mean, the things I'm finding in this game, and I, I'm, what do you do with KD in there? I mean, they have one game against Charlotte. They won by 14. Um, I don't know what to do with the way the offense flowed or didn't flow or just whatever. Charlotte's not going to play defense. Uh, if, if they weren't going to buckle before LaMelo Ball was out for the season, they definitely started to as soon as he was was out. Um, but yeah, I think in this one, I'm more looking at some of the trends that I think do play a, a role in, in what we're talking about here. First of all, Chicago's not good against the West. I do think that that holds some merit here. Six and 13 against the spread in non-conference games this season. Uh, they tend to go over in those as well, about 11 and eight to, uh, against the total. Not about, they are 11 and eight against the total in those games as well. Um, and so I think there's some some something to be said for that. They are one of the best defenses uh, in the league in the last 15 games um, for a, a Decent reason, to be honest. Some of the lineups that they've been putting out there make sense. And even Pat Bev, who at this point um, has made it into, you know, he's he's been played enough minutes at this point that you can put him into some serious, you know, searches uh, on different stat sites and, and say players who have played a minimum of 100 minutes. And Pat Bev is up there, so he's got enough time to say, all right, let's see what he's got in the, in the six, seven games he's played. And he's amongst one of, you know, in two of the top five lineups, unsurprisingly, in terms of their defensive rating when he's in there. But even other guys that have, uh, you know, Andre Drummond has been getting uh, roughly 21 minutes 
finally having a defensive center in there, something they haven't had uh, since they traded Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, but, you know, right now, even though that's been the case for them, like I said, against the West, not quite uh, the same. And, and against the West, not only have they been going over, not covering, um, their offensive rating has actually been better and their defensive rating has been what I think we remember it when it was really bad up to about 120, uh, 119 and a half. So they, they're, you know, giving their games are going at uh, averaging about 240 points against Western conference teams in their last 10 this season, um, where actually eight of those have gone over a few of those unders were earlier in the season when they had an even more anemic offense um, and actually some pretty bad defense, but you know, they were just losing either way. They're a little bit better now. I, I'm still not so totally trusting of them. I do think it's scary because they, they could play sports here, but I do think that the the Suns, the new look Suns, the fact that their back is against the wall, they're they're three games back of those Kangs for the Pacific Division, and I would imagine that they want to win that um, with just what roughly twenty games left to play. So it's 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 nut crunch time, and I don't think they have time to waste. Even if they are in Chicago, they got KD for a reason. They're locked in for a reason. So I'm a little bit less scared of taking them in this one, but. Honestly, Phoenix money line and an over 222 and a half feels like a really nice bet. Also, on top of just get the money here and take the over 222 and a half like we both feel comfortable with. Yeah, I think there's a good correlation there between it being a high scoring game and Phoenix winning um, for sure. And Pat Bev, I mean, you mentioned two guys who play point guard and center and can't really guard up positions like Pat Bev is not going to be on Durant or Booker. Uh, necessarily, I mean, maybe you'll spend right. a little time on book, but those two just guys annoying. are annoying. Yeah, they're yeah, it, it's like a flea to swat off. They're, they're just not going to be bothered by where Chicago defends on the wing. I mean, it's Levine and DeRozan who are in their own right excellent offensive players. Levine's averaging 28 on uh, with the 121 offensive rating in his last 12 and just had 41, I believe, yeah. last game. Uh, yeah. so he could certainly light it up and, and come back the other way. Yeah, I mean, the Suns, I would expect to win even before getting Durant. They had won nine straight against uh, non-playoff teams slash the Brooklyn Nets, which we hope will be a non-playoff team when all is said and done. Uh, they, For some reason, they, they also beat the Celtics on the road in that span. Um, two losses to Atlanta. For some reason, they can't handle them. But, look, they, again, won six straight against this, this Chicago team. And the last three of the last four have gone over. So I think we're going to see a little bit more of that continue here. And like I said, because of the under trends before they shook things up a little bit here, um, you're getting some value in terms of the number at 222. Yeah. And and like I said, I like Phoenix. Um, in, in answer to your question, not that you asked it, um, but you're saying why, you know, for some reason, Atlanta, they're not good against point guards. They they can't really guard point guards because Chris Paul is uh, getting much older. He's used to be a crafty steals man. Uh, and I suppose he's still capable of that occasionally, but obviously low career lows and steals this year as well as amongst a number of other stats that are career lows for him. And, and at this point, you know, who are you? The point guard on, on Chicago is who? Uh, Kobe White, like Ayo Desunmu. It's, it's, that's not the position that Chicago attacks you from so I, that's why I also like Phoenix in that sense that I think um, they're able to, to guard what you want to do if you're Chicago which is that wing mid-range stuff 
couple of six foot seven plus guys at least uh, all over the perimeter and inside the mid range for for Phoenix to be able to win this one. Uh, but I would still say the pace and 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 the ability or the the tendency for these types of situations for Chicago to go over and be a little bit faster paced uh, is a good situation for that over at two twenty two and a half. Very low in the modern day NBA, as we say. So Nate, let's go ahead and jump right into your first NBA play a prop, my guy Paolo Banquero. Rookie of the year special tonight. Yep. Uh, I mean, facing the Hornets after having one of the worst games of his uh, rookie season against the Bucks, definitely a bounce back spot. <clears throat> it's a team that he's roasted to the tune of 21 and a half points, 11 rebounds, six assists in two games. And Charlotte had Mason Plumlee, Jalen McDaniels, and PJ Washington in those games. And none of those guys are there anymore. Now they just have. Mark Williams uh, and not a lot of people playing defense or, you know, any run really trying to win games at this point that that LaMelo ball shut down for the year. It's time to play for ping pong balls. They had that nice little five game win streak. But what in any case, I mean, this is this is not a defense that's built to stop bigs all season. They've struggled um, against bigs and second most rebounds to power forwards. Um, and recently in the seven games since they traded Plumlee, they're allowing the most points per game to center, six most assists. I mean, Paolo's not playing the five. That's, that's Wendell Carter, but it's just an example of the, the interior defense they're lacking. Um, and on the entire season to power forwards, second most assists. So I think you want maybe the whole PRA package at 31 and a half, but 20 and a half points also seems pretty safe for Paolo to get over 20 tonight. Um, and, and plus 210 for a double-double because that Hornets offense, 91 points last time out uh, with with Terry Rozier, you know, chucking, like we always like to say, if we could bet on missed field goals, he would be a gold mine now with LaMelo Ball out. Um, there should be plenty of rebounding opportunities, and uh, I think Paolo will be filling it up across the board. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe we throw that uh, Tara Rozier turnover bet in there again. It hit in the first quarter, I think, <laughs> of the last game where we took over two and a half, and he had six by the end of the game. Um, the, the the Magic scare me. I kind of, you know, it's not that I, I jumped off the bandwagon anyway. You remember how much I love. They, they still cover games, and I still like picking them in the right spots. Uh, but sometimes I just get scared by who's going to be scoring. Paolo definitely hit a bit of a rookie wall as well. Um, so that would be my only fear. But this is a team that he plays well against. It's a spot where it's like, it's Project. 6'10", that's what we call the uh, the Orlando Magic, just everybody is 6'10 or taller, so it's Project 6'10", which means there's a lot of fluidity. I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. is hitting threes this year, so I think he's just as much a center as Paolo Banquero can be at times as well with his rebound numbers, so I do like adding the the rebounds in there for Paolo and, and some of the other stats as well to, to maintain uh, in case he can't quite get to 21, maybe he gets slightly lower, but I think the rebounds should be there for him as well, as you mentioned, like if P.J. Washington doesn't play, that's huge for them. Poor Mark Williams we're kind of shitting on him a little bit. Uh, it's our guy. He's he's been a pretty good stat filler at times, but uh, still not ready yet necessarily to like own the paint of, of an NBA team. So uh, a man who does own the paint for any NBA team he plays against is jo- uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, which is why I'm going for the boards. And you're not going to get good odds as we're recording this on Thursday night because they're at 12 and a half and, and minus 130 is the best we can find for those rebounding odds for him. By the time you see this video early tomorrow morning, maybe it's already gone up and, and there's actually better juice because they upped it to about 13 and a half in which case i might still take it to be honest with you but uh the, the points and rebounds is at 36 and a half that's minus 109 on fanduel pretty good odds there 
23 and a half points feels low, you know, and I, I, I'm going with the rebounds because I, I just prefer it. But even the 23 and a half for Joker's like, I don't know, man, that's silly. Like who are, who's really going to stop him one-on-one, right? Like Jaron Jackson Jr. is neutralized and what he can do against Jokic if Jokic has already got his back to the basket standing two feet from it. You're not going to block a baby hook, right? You, 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 it's not how that works. So I, I would feel pretty good about Joker scoring in this one as well. Memphis, odd, odd that they've been uh, allowing the most points and rebounds to centers over their last... 15 games well not the most points but in the top five most points and the most rebounds why because Steven Adams has been been out and, and hasn't been able to play the 25 to 30 minutes he was getting before he went down we talked about that in the game video and why you know we feel confident confident about Joker uh, Joker able to really just control the paint down there uh, for all for both of these props, he's hit five of the last seven uh, in terms of the points and rebounds, especially. And the only exception was when he there was a blowout versus Houston where he was out after a triple double in 28 minutes, which is an absurd thing to say. Uh, and then uh, another game against Dallas, who I guess is really good at rebounding now because they had another good night against the Sixers uh, earlier after we before we recorded this. Uh, he's hit the prop the, the, the prop he's hit the prop in three of his last four versus Memphis here as well. And then on three days rest, which I think is hyper relevant to the Joker. Uh, as we know how much how much usage he gets uh, in his last 10 games on three days rest 27 points per game basically in about 13 boards so it gets you to everywhere you need to be on all his props that we're talking about in this one and I think it's a, a good situation with Steven Adams out tonight <laughs> threw in the Kiwi accent at the end um, I, yeah. I like the points I think a little bit more than the rebounds or I like the juice that you mentioned when you combine yeah. the two, I do think he's going to score like 25 tonight as long as this game is relatively close, um, especially if Aaron Gordon or MPJ misses. But as long as Memphis hangs around, that's the one thing that concerns me is that we talked about them folding, uh, being a front-running team and not necessarily competing for four quarters. So maybe that's the only reason he doesn't get it. But if as anytime somebody challenges Denver at home, Joker Joker just puts up these massive lines and then he should be filling it all yeah. up. Um, but I'm sticking with rookies here and you know, final month of the season, the one guy who I think can overtake Paolo, who was minus a thousand for rookie of the year is now Jalen Williams uh, is if, if the thunder are just going to shut down SGA, which is, you know, their modus operandi, that's definitely something they might do. Um, Jalen's going to see huge usage the rest of the way. And he might not be shooting a ton. Um, he's actually only got a 24% usage rate his last five without SGA, but he's scoring 22 and a half. And the assists have gone way up. Six assists per game in 32 minutes. And DraftKings giving you plus 125 to get five dimes here against a Jazz team that, um, you know, plays much worse defense on the road. He was at Utah last month. Jalen, when he had nine, six, and two, you know, pretty standard quiet line because SGA's out there scoring 40 with a 36% usage rate. And now it's a different looking Thunder right. team. We've seen him go uh, 25 points basically in his last two games here against the Lakers and, and Kings. And <clears throat> the Jazz scoring and allowing 119, their last four roadies, also allowing and handing out 25 assists. So it's just like a more free flowing game. In OKC here, uh, I think Jalen will will be handling the ball a lot and will get those five assists for you. If you want to tack on points, 17 and a half. Uh, I also think he probably gets there too, or 21 and a half if you want to combine the two. What are my guys' steals at? That's what I want to know because Jalen Williams is a 
freaking defensive maniac. Uh, I love him so much. I love this rookie class. I can't believe how many guys in this class are like worth talking about. But uh, Jalen Williams, huge, huge for them. And and honestly, it's not it's not converting to wins uh, for them right now. I do think uh, Shy comes back to be honest with you, but um, you know because I don't think this is a full on tank. But you can get over one and a half steals for Jalen Williams at plus one fifteen. I love that man. He's had a game with six steals, averaging more than two a game. Uh, I am about to ride. I did not think I would ever say this. I'm about to ride Jalen Williams all the way to the championship in my fantasy league because of how many steals he gets. Uh, the dude's been really, really good this year. I'm coming for you, Mo. By the way, that's a direct threat. Uh, so I would, I would love any of his stats moving forward for the rest of the season. Jay Will, as he's known out there, since there's two Jalen Williams, by the way, so he is known as Jay Will uh, when you're talking about him. But uh, another guy here to finish things off for us to uh, finish off stars. I think we got a bunch of stars here in the making. A couple of rooks and a couple studs. Trey Young. It's his time of year, man. He got his coach fired. He's ready for the turnaround. The, the Hawks are winning games and scoring points. Uh, whatever they figured out. Quinn Snyder's coming in uh, right away, by the way, which is awesome. Like he's already been in there um, and, and coaching away. Twenty six and a half points for night to, uh, tonight for Trey. I thought that was young. Uh, Jesus Christ. I thought that was low as well for Trey Young. Uh, minus one ten on on DraftKings. Two and a half threes for him. It's He's not always hitting three threes, but it's plus 150, right, for for him to get all those, uh, for him to make three of them uh, in a game where it's against Dame. It's against the Portland Trailblazers, as we say, because they got no D. Um, and Dame's prop is at 36 and a half, by the way, if you want to if you want to take a spicy ass prop there. Um, but just just lets you know that these two guys are going to be going at it back and forth, not necessarily trying to defend each other, uh, but definitely trying to outshoot each other and outscore each other. Uh, and in the three since Nasty Nate uh, McMillan got fired, there are 33 points a game for Trey, eight assists. 40% usage with 33 minutes a game out there. So a point a minute uh, and two and a half threes or so on 39% clips. So as long as he gets like nine, three point attempts, he's going to make three of them. I, you know, and maybe only eight is all it takes at this point. So uh, I think there's some pretty good reason to think that he would, do that in this game. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of defense on any kind of pick and roll that he's got from like a Drew Eubanks, for instance, or whomever at this point is playing defense for Portland uh, since they traded their best players on defense uh, and aren't left with much. So uh, point guards is also a really big uh, weakness for uh, Portland in terms of where they're giving up points and, and um, allowing the most assists in that range for for Trey. So it's 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 a, just a really good matchup for him in a situation I think he'll be uh, pretty successful. Yeah, and you expect Dame to at least bring the best out of Trey um, is why you think about <clears throat> the fact that he's projected to score like 40 like he always does, and you just can't have any energy left. I mean, the Blazers' schedule, this is already their fourth game of the week since Sunday. Um, I mean, it's just like, and Dame carrying that load, I don't, I don't know what he can possibly do on defense. I don't think either of these guys are good defenders if they match up on each other, and that's why the threes might be flowing there. If Trey is trying to get a little chesty and go blow for blow. Uh, the fact that you have DeJounte out there means Portland has to maybe use Tybal, uh, their, their one good perimeter defender now, on him. You can't just necessarily try to trap Trey. But in any case, yeah, he's scoring on anybody. I mean, put up huge numbers against Cleveland. So, um, you know, since he got, since he got a coach fired, uh, he's been lighting it up. And that's what he does, man. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty good opportunity for him. But that's all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Check out the other couple of videos we have on this big slate in the NBA tonight. Until we see you next, happy betting.